Hey there, where have you been? Welcome to the No Jet Stress podcast, the show that helps you maintain optimal health and peak performance as a road warrior, no matter how much you travel. I'm your host, Christopher Babiodi, traveler wellness advocate, nutritional therapist, author, and ex-flight attendant of 20 years at British Airways, one of the UK's largest airlines. Welcome back to the No Jet Stress podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to Chuck Hazard about wearables for business travellers and road warriors. But before we get to the introductions and the conversation itself, I'd like to hark back to 2016 when I wrote my book, Farewell Jet Lag Cures from a Flight Attendant, in as much as that it was a system that regular frequent flyers can use to manage their well-being while on travel. And we all know what's happened to the conversation about well-being while traveling. At that time, the idea was that we could have a toolbox as well as a system. Indeed, the system, the farewell system is a tool. And I talked about a couple of types of tools and A particular type of tool at the time that was quite prominent in the book was the idea of using grounding tools. Now, being a nutritional therapist, the first types of tools that came to my mind were specifically around nutrients, lifestyle tools, and things of that nature. Also in that conversation somewhere was embedded the idea of technology as a tool. Hence, the conversation about grounding. At that time, I was unaware of a particular wearable called the Aura Ring, which has since gone on to become a mainstay and, in my opinion, probably one of the gold standards of ways of collecting health data for people on the move. And it's my pleasure to be able to welcome Chuck hazard to this conversation because one he used to be vp of sales for aura in north america two i had the distinct pleasure of meeting him at slush 2018 in helsinki at the launch of the second version of the aura ring and in fact um, my claim to fame chuck is that i had to impersonate you for i think it was one day because your flight got delayed And they didn't have a badge for me to come into Slush 2018. So I actually went around wearing your badge, pretending to be you until you arrived. And we we sorted out that whole mess. So please welcome Chuck Hazard. Chuck, please introduce yourself and we can get to this conversation, which has been brewing a long time. And I'm excited to have you on board today. Well, hello, Chris. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast. And you are correct. My flight was delayed. Uh, because of fog in Boston, which was interesting. So I got there a little bit late the first day, and they had to track you down to get my badge back, but <laughs> it was all good. Yeah, so anyway, so I I sort of fell into the wearable space by becoming a, a fairly early tester for a lot of products that were just being developed, including the original Forerunner from Garmin, a Zeo Sleep, some HRV tools out of Europe, and then whoop, the whoop strap, and of course, uh, then the Aura ring when it was just coming out of Kickstarter. And then it ultimately ended up working for them for just under four years. And since then, I've been helping a couple of startup companies in the health and wellness space, including Heads Up Health, which is a health data aggregator, 
And I'm also an advisor to CardioMood, which is a Swiss wearable device, simple wristband that collects a lot of the same data that most other wearables do today. Great. And from that vantage point, I, I think you would have, I mean, you've got sort of like fit tech as one of the monikers by which you engage with people online. So uh, the first question I have for you is, what do you see from your vantage point? Where do you see this all headed? I have some ideas of how it would be useful in the business traveler road warrior sense, in as much as that if you have the, the advent and the continued growth of telemedicine and and tools or medicine as practiced in that manner there is definitely a lot to be said for being able to monitor the health of your business travelers while they are not local to where you might be plus you get a lot of real-time data that's useful can you speak to that yeah sure if i understand your question correctly and i most of the wearables are doing a, a really good job of uh, tracking different biometrics while you're sleeping, uh, other than sleep staging, but things like heart rate variability, which is how much your heart beats vary over time. Because you, if your heart beats at like a metrodome, you're dead. So heart rate variability and heart rate and time of sleep, you know, the total time of sleep, you know, most of the devices are doing really well there. Where they still fail a little bit is the metrics they track during the day, everything from accuracy of step counts to heart rate for devices, especially worn on, on the hand or anything around the hand or wrist. And, and anybody attempting to do heart rate variability during the day other than for biofeedback. In other words, you know, measuring if you're you know, your breathing protocols are, you know, lowering your stress level. And heart rate variability is often used as a way to measure how stressed you are. But as far as looking forward, I think, you know, all the the collection of these metrics will get better, especially because I think you'll see an uptick in sort of more invisible ways or less obtrusive ways to measure certain things, especially during the day. For instance, smart hearing aids, even if you don't have hearing problems, you could augment your hearing, but also your inner ear is a great place to measure heart rate during the day, for instance, and, and probably heart rate variability as well as core body temperature. And the other thing is I, I think you know people are becoming more aware or less tolerant, I should probably say, of, you know, strapping a bunch of devices on their body and i think they would prefer to have more you know invisible ways of measuring things uh, smart clothing is another example right right so i didn't think we would get to that specific metric as soon as we have in the conversation but i'm glad you brought it up so for me when i sit with a prospect or a client one of the things that is required for us to be able to establish a decent program to help them manage their their well-being whether it be on the go or even someone who's just in a stressful situation and wanting to improve on their health is this idea of understanding heart rate variability and what i find Mm -hmm. beautiful and what's been elegant 
about the aura ring is that it has a great form factor. But more often than not, I find myself having to have conversations with certain uh, prospects or people to actually introduce them to the value of heart rate variability as a non-invasive methodology or method of, of collecting this data. I love it on that basis in and of itself because it's, you know, it's, it, it's, you know, it's a ring for goodness sake. You put it on your finger, you go about your business, you can monitor it yourself with the cloud platform, or you can work with maybe a specialist of some description who has access to that data that you can send to and therefore can give you, you know, some, some coaching or some insights from the data that's tracked. So it's a lot of data, potentially. I don't see a lot of people understanding how valuable heart rate variability can be in terms of extrapolating it into different types of uses and insights. Do you care to to make any comments on, on that? I know I'm, I'm spieling here. Forgive me for my excitement, but does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, so again, as I mentioned just a minute ago, one of the best times as far as being non-invasive in nature to measure heart rate variability is while you're sleeping. And what that metric shows over time when you're looking at the trends of it is how well somebody is adapting to the stress in their life. And the stress could be, you know, physical stress from like exercise or a toxic environment, you know, people they interact with, or, you know, it could be, you know, sort of more, you know, cognitive stress or lifestyle choices that are poor, <laughs> you know, eating late at night or out, you know, drinking alcohol. I mean, those are stresses on your body. So nocturnal HRV is great for that. But there are other uses, for instance, like I mentioned, biofeedback. Can I, uh, can I interrupt feeling... you there, though? Sorry. Yeah, sure. Perfect. Only, only to try and highlight this. So a lot of people, for instance, have other types of devices that do measure HRV, for instance, like a polar strap across the uh, the, the chest. And yeah. I think I, I would... Would it, is it correct to say the more valuable type of measurement of HRV is the nighttime as opposed to the pinpoint in time measurement? Well, it depends on what your end goal is. So nocturnal sleep is more, you can almost think of it as backward, looking backwards of, you know, what, what have you been doing that caused stress and did you recover from it while you slept kind of thing. So, but when, you know, typically most of the research has been done with athletes and in the athletic realm, they tend to, you know, recommend that, you know, as soon as you get up, go to the bathroom, sit down, let your heart rate, you know, recover like five minutes after you sit or lay out again and put on something like a polar, polar chest strap and take an HRV measurement at that point. That is, you know, thought of to be a better time for how ready you are, you know, for as an athlete to perform than nocturnal measurements. So it really comes down to, you know, what's your goal? Right. So when, so when, for instance, Aura returns you your readiness score, the way I've interpreted it is, okay, this is kind of a sum total of what I did the day before, whereas that's valid in and of itself, but also taking a pin 
point in time measurement when you first get up also is reflective of that, but also how you may intend to go forward during that day? Is that what that? Yeah, well, the, the aura readiness score is a fairly complicated calculation because it takes in a bunch of the metrics that aura collects. You know, so it's like how much sleep did you get last night versus the last few nights? How much activity right. did you have? Your HRV, uh, your resting heart rate, the timing of when your heart rate was the lowest the previous night. So there are a lot of different what they call contributors that go into making that score. And you know, the way I explain it is, it's it's really a, an indicator. I think more of are you living consistent with a healthy lifestyle. And it has less to do with athletic, you know, performance. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I would hear that and say, so it's trying to nudge you into decent, consistent, balanced lifestyle, if if we can say the word balance. Yeah, in this respect, exactly. Based on the data that you fed it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay, cool. So I've, I've used obviously the aura ring, which I continue to use because I find value in that. But I've also used the polar chest strap along with, um, along with an app that, that, that connects to that. And I've used a first beat product in the past that you wear for three days or so and take an extended reading and you get that readout and it gives you that kind of details, albeit in a different right. format. Those are the specifics that I've used. I haven't used a, a whoop strap. Um, mm -hmm. And those three, I think, would be what I would be comfortable using going forward. You made the comment where you said a lot of these wearables kind of like do do the basics well. Mm -hmm. Are there are there others that specifically you would point to? And, and this is not a sales pitch, obviously, for whatever, but right. you know, giving value to people so they can have a breadth of choice is always a good thing. But to to my knowledge, those are the three that I know and I'm comfortable with. Do you do you see value in any others that can match up with with those with those three that I mentioned? Well, you see, I mean, it really comes down to what the individual's goals are. And then, you know, there are other things like, you know, the the wear comfort. Some people don't like wearing rings or their job dictates they can't have anything below the their elbow, doctors, for instance. Right. So that could eliminate the aura ring. But it, it really comes down to things like that is, you know, what do you what is the individual comfortable with wearing, especially while sleeping, for instance? And what, you know, what are their other lifestyle choices dictate they, you know, would work best for them. So that's how I, you know, tend to, you know, zero in when somebody asks me what they should look at. You know, so it, again, or great wear, you know, wear comfort uh, 24-7, but, you know, it can get in the way depending which finger you wear it on and, and which hand, like, you know, you know, handling a knife to, you know, do some prep cooking it can be uncomfortable or if you're at the gym and you're using a rowing machine and lifting weights, a ring is not necessarily the best. So really that's what it really boils down to. And then, you know, you get into things like the whoop strap. Well, what if you want to wear a watch, then you've got something on each wrist that look, kind of looks silly. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, again, it's, it's not a, a necessarily a complex issue, but it's something that is very individualistic. 
Right, right. So no mention of specifics there. What, what I'm going to ask you is a pointed question. So the yeah. Garmin, do, do they have something that you would suggest is comparable? Because I know that's quite popular within the sports athletic type. Yeah, I mean, the newest, like newest as in the last year, sport watches from Garmin all measure heart rate variability during night. Uh, and they do a really good job of it. And in fact, I did a roughly a three-month informal study on my own where I re- wore a Garmin 4Runner 955, a Whoop 4.0, an Aura 3.0, and a cardio mood device, and compared that heart rate variability over three months. And they all, with very few exceptions, were within three to four milliseconds of each other. Right. That's that's, that's so. Yeah. 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 So that's what I'm saying that, you know, it, you, you can hit, there are lots of opportunities now to collect some pretty solid data while you sleep and, and use that to help guide you, you know, to live a better life. And I would also point out, as we just, I mentioned to you in the past, Garmin, at least on some of the watches, has released a feature that helps manage jet lag. Right. Which is just pretty cool. Yeah, very much. I think the more we can shine light on that conversation, definitely the better. So uh, if I recall, you also did a study, was it for the University of Vermont where you did, or is that the study you actually just spoke of where you did it, you cross-referenced the the features of various wearables as such? Would you be able to make that link available to me so I can can offer that in the show notes? Yeah, you're probably talking about the it was sort of like a spreadsheet table. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. I, that was published um, in like an employee wellness journal. It was part of a, a joint post that I did with a friend of mine who's in the employee wellness space here in the U.S. And so I built the table as part of the post that we did, but I can definitely share a link to that. Great. Okay, so... We now come to what I guess would be the holy grail of sleep tracking for business travelers and road warriors, which is the ability to track polyphasic sleep. Do you think that we will see this in in the near future? And how can you explain to our viewers how useful that potentially is? Right. So, I mean, the main use case for supporting polyphasic sleep, and for anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's multiple sleeps in a 24-hour period. So there are certain, excuse me, uh, certain people's jobs, like healthcare workers, a lot of them tend to work weird shifts where it changes all the time. Or, you know, some doctors, they they go on, you know, multi-day shifts and they can only squeeze in four-hour naps. Uh, They're long-haul freight freight haulers in the airline industry out of Asia and stuff where they have multiple pilots on these planes and they they sleep in four-hour shifts. And then you have the travelers. And most of the wearables can only handle, like, the fact that they really want you to sleep one time that tends to be between you know, 1800 or 2000 at night till six in the morning, the following morning. But nobody handled that. I mean, if you were somebody that had to sleep in shifts, you know, it just doesn't work. The whole sleep tracking is bad. 
Now, one good thing is, and it's taken a while, and I remember talking about this with a science team at Aura, is Aura now supports polyphasic sleep. It's not a perfect implementation, but it's pretty darn good. And they're so the first like the wearable. napping that they have, the ability for it to record a nap, that's more than uh, one block within a 24-hour period. Are you referring to that, or is there something more to it? If there's something more to that, they released it sort of silently. I don't think they've actually talked about it, but I, I pinged the uh, the sales, I mean, the the science team at Aura. But I, I think now this, they're doing a better job of over, I don't know if the full 24-hour period or if it's like, I think it might be 1,800 hours or something like that till the following 18 or, or sometime in the next day. I don't know, but they, they can actually handle I don't remember the exact how it works, but they can handle handle multiple sleeps um, per whatever period it is. It used to be right. if they detected movement in the ring, roughly I think it was thirty minutes that you you know. So if you went to the bathroom, went back to bed, they wouldn't do anything. But if you were moving for like a 30, 30 minutes, they would terminate the sleep. Then they would say, "Okay, you're definitely awake." Right. But now they don't do that. They've got some, you know, they've improved their sleep algorithms to to support the fact that some people might be up for a number of hours and then go back to bed. And it is kind of like the napping feature they release, but it's even beyond that a little bit. Okay. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm talking to Chuck Hazard, a wearable tech expert who has a long and storied history with some of the brands that you would recognize. We're going to continue this conversation in the next couple of minutes and we're going to start talking about Chuck's personal sleep routine if he's willing to share some of that information tools specific to business travelers that can help enhance sleep that conversation around tech is one part of the solution but we want to have a fuller idea of all other things that people can use especially as business travelers and we're going to do that in the next couple of minutes so stay tuned and stick with us Thank you.